Backrooms Podcast, where this week's episode is centered around fear. More specifically, power dynamics, and the way that feeling powerful or powerless can influence the way we experience games. So, really, it's been six or seven months since I've had an excuse to talk about Diablo 2, and I really just wanted to talk about it again, so I suggested that we talk about power dynamics. Uh, Diablo 4 is on the horizon, so I thought it would be an excellent opportunity to have that discussion. Uh, if that bothers you, fuck you, it's one-third my show, so deal with it. <laughs> just kidding. Enjoy the show. I bet Yoshi is a smooth fan to me, don't you? Right? Yoshi from, from Mario? Oh, well, that's not Yoshi. <laughs> um, how does he? How does he sound? There we go. Yeah, Yoshi. <laughs> He's just sitting there. He's just sitting there. He's just sitting there on a smooth pair. <laughs> and the rhymes. I love it. That rhymed. Welcome to the Doctor Seuss podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I feel like you probably can't say that. <laughs> No, he's dead, right? <laughs> that, no, that doesn't mean you can just say it. I mean, Hitler's dead, but I can't just say, like... You better watch your next choice of words, fill sir. On, fill in the blank. It's like Cards Against Humanity. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, yes. we are. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, what are we going to talk about Welcome today? to the Backrooms Podcast. Um, Brian. Howdy. You had an idea. What I we, did. Um, which is usually a bad idea. No, that's a fucking lie. Shut up. Okay, in the last episode, I said, I just said, I said, there's no such thing as bad ideas. And you went, that's fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about? That's a good question. Um, I kind of wanted to to talk about the idea of power fantasies um, in video games. You mean like. You mean like living a normal life? <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> You're a fucking train wreck. <laughs> um, no, because um, we uh, we were watching the recent, um, the, the the E3 event, the Microsoft and... Um, Bethesda Showcase? Yeah, yeah, the Microsoft was, Bethesda Showcase. It wasn't E3, I apologize. Uh, but we were watching to that. To be fair though, to cut you off, this year's fucking Game Awards Showcase and E3 and everything was a fucking disaster. Like, there was like... The Game Awards, or the Game Show Awards, and the Xbox with Ezra event, but it was all advertised together. So it was like, they were all the same fucking event. <laughs> and then there was no E3 this year. I don't think. I feel like there hasn't been an E3 for like the past that's three of, years. That's because of Kavid. Kavid. <laughs> what, I some, really hope some, no one is named that. I'm sorry. I was going to say some Middle Eastern dude. Yeah, fuck that you, is Kavid. appropriation. <laughs> My lord. Um, the hell was I saying? We recently, yeah, yeah, through the recent Microsoft so, Bethesda showcase. So they showcased um, the Necromancer class for Diablo 4, and they showcased a little bit of gameplay. And it got me thinking about how the franchise has kind of evolved throughout the, the four iterations one, two, three, four. Um, that's exactly what four iterations means. I don't know why I spelled it out. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make sure all the numbers are still in between the first <laughs> one and the one you're at. It's like a self-check. I need to make sure I'm all functioning. You need there. to make sure pi still equals E. <laughs> zero no, is approximately not. zero. Well, because pi has E in it. Like the word. Well, yeah, but not the number. I dislike you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
So when when it comes because you guys kind of like didn't understand what I was getting at when I talked about this, <laughs> that's going to show up on the recording. No, I, it's I not. There's no video. This... <laughs> For those who have no idea what's going on, there's a cookie on top of Justin's microphone. It's very chocolatey. It's a it's a chocolate chip cookie that was homemade by my wife or fiance. By a smooth chocolate wars. Absolute disaster. <laughs> so, what about Power Fantasy? So, what do you mean how the game is, the series has evolved from one to four? Okay, right? in the lens of that, in in that, in the lens of a power fantasy, or or just power scaling and shit like that. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to get at? So, Diablo One um, leans to, or takes a lot of inspiration from gothic horror, right? Um, and whether it was, do you know what gothic the, horror is? Yes. Okay. Um, the I didn't know if you were just using like buzzwords. No, no, oh, no, no. Okay. No. okay. Um, the 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 game. I don't know if it was intended to be this way or if it was more just a limitation of the technology at the time because the game came out in like 1996 or 97, something like that. Um, you were very very limited in the scope of your abilities. You had really one active spell. And your main attack. And if you were, let's say you were playing the warrior class, you you could swing your sword and then your active spell was like repairing your weapon. <laughs> that was your spell, <laughs> the ability to repair your own <laughs> weapons. Um, but it, it leans into the idea of being really the underdog in this scenario. You are supposed to feel very powerless and vulnerable against these incredible odds going up against literally the Lord of Terror, or essentially the game's version of Satan, right? Um, Isn't Diablo just Spanish for Satan? Pretty pretty much, yeah. yeah okay. Um, or the devil, I guess. The devil, yeah. It, he's in, in the universe of the game, he is the Lord of Terror, one of the seven lords of hell. And y- you... The whole game, you know, when you're you're talking to all the townspeople and they're terrified, legitimately terrified, and you are really meant to feel like the only person who is really able-bodied enough to actually stand up against the horrifying creatures that are underneath the labyrinth, underneath town, right? So every time you go into the crypt, it's you're meant to feel weak. You're meant to feel... Like the odds are so highly stacked up against you, and really they kind of are. It, it it's the first game is even less forgiving than the second one. I would say it's it's very. <sighs> once you get to like the lower levels of the cathedral, you know, once you really start getting into like the layers of hell, the game gets very very punishing very quickly. Um, whether or not it's a good or a bad thing from a gameplay standpoint is a different discussion, but the whole experience is meant to be scary, right? And that that feeling of powerlessness lends into the feeling of terror, right? The whole game is centered around terror. And as the games kind of progress, um, you know, Diablo 2, you... The original game was still kind of more or less the same. You had a still a limited set of abilities, but you were definitely more powerful than you were in the first game, right? Whereas if you were playing as the warrior, 
in Diablo 1, you know, you were really just like kind of swinging your sword at people. You weren't doing any crazy kind of acrobatics or or martial arts on people. And then in Diablo 2, if you're playing like a whirlwind barbarian, you're like spinning around at like 200 miles an hour, jumping, doing leaps all over the place and teleporting. And it's crazy. You're, you feel a lot more empowered in that game, but you do still feel like the odds are stacked against you. Diablo 3, this is where things get kind of complicated, right? Because Diablo 3 was a very polarizing game for the for the community because one, they leaned away from the gothic horror and they leaned more into dark fantasy. And a lot of people accused it of just looking like World of Warcraft because it really they did kind of steal a lot of the art and inspiration from their other IP, World of Warcraft. And the the, the issue, right is now instead of having those two abilities, now you have like six or seven hotkeyed to your keyboard. So you can do a lot of different things. And the story that's tailored around it is a lot less imposing. Um, it's a lot less... I don't want to say it's not scary. It's not really scary. But I think the reason it's not scary is because you are built up to be the Nephilim, is what they call you, which is really just the child of angels and demons, right? The the offspring of both um, angels and demons. And basically means you have the powers of both. So Diablo so, 3 has like more high fantasy elements exactly, than... Exactly, high dark fantasy. And the, the problem with that is by giving the player that much power and agency over the world around them, you lose that feeling of powerlessness. You lose that feeling that, you know, the world is a genuine threat. In the older games, you felt like every time you left town, you were going up against an actual threat. In Diablo 3, it's kind of like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to go farm and I'm going to get some loot because I'm unstoppable. I'm practically unstoppable. Um, and the story that they built around it is like you're you're going up against not only demons, but literally the angel of death himself. And you come out victorious at the end. So it's like, and they even kind of make fun of it at the end of the game. They're like, it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy is killing not only the lords of hell, but the angel of death himself. If this guy ever goes corrupt, what the fuck are we going to do? Because we can't stop him. Um, so my my issue, right, Diablo 4 looks like it's going to be kind of a combination of the style, like the art direction and the gothic influence of the first two games with the gameplay of Diablo 3. That's what it kind of looks like from the gameplay and trailers that, I've seen. Is that a problem for you? I don't know if it's going to be a problem because I, I, I like the gameplay of Diablo 3. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if by giving the player all of the crazy abilities that they had in Diablo 3's style of gameplay, will that take away from the horror nature of the game that they're trying to create with the darker atmosphere? That's kind of what I'm getting at with the conversation. So I, I think there's a distinction that uh, to be made that a game being easier because you're given abilities is different than 
feel than the game feeling like you uh than the player feeling like they have power like having ability and making the game easy is different than the give, giving things to to the player to make them feel powerful they're distinctly different things um and lots of games do it good lots of games do it bad i guess in, in a way diablo 3 didn't do it as well because it didn't going out and fighting hordes of enemies didn't feel as much of a threat um or like there was a, as much at stake um a game like we were talking before we were recording like doom is a game that is absolutely like that sort of tr more traditional power fantasy type of game uh where you feel like a badass you feel like you can just crush ev anything and everything but that doesn't mean the game is easy and that doesn't mean any of the enemies are easy either it's just a culmination i would of... say i would say that it's an easier game than like if you if you play on the easier difficulties, but that game gets fucking hard well, as shit on like which, the hardest difficulty. Which Doom are we talking about? Doom 2016 or Doom the newer Both one? Both of them. Eternal and 2016. It, Eternal was a lot more difficult. In my so this is just an uh, opinion mm -hmm. at this point, but 2016 I felt it was very not easy, but like very undifficult. Did you play it on? <laughs> did you play it on stuff like the? Like ultra I play nightmare on or anything. Hard. Okay. Whatever. I, whenever I play a game, I usually go on hard mode or okay. whatever. Like if there's four modes, like in Halo, you got easy, normal, heroic, legendary. Mm -hmm. I went on heroic. Right. That's how I usually play games mm -hmm. because I do. I I do respect what like the older games like like Diablo Diablo two. You know, the first time I played it was with you, mm -hmm. um, in the remaster. I appreciate the challenge of having odds stacked against you having to not necessarily be given that power fantasy up front having to earn it right so that's where I can f feel I feel more accomplished in a game uh, a good example actually is a recent game like not a recent game an old game that I just tried out recently was Bioshock Infinite you oh got, really you got nothing in the beginning you got a fucking pistol and I was like shit this is going to be a tough fucking game. And I went on hard mode because that's what I usually do. But as I unlock new weapons, as I unlock the new abilities, as I learned how how to approach the game, I'm feeling my power creep up and up and I'm getting more confident. But then when I get too confident, I get kicked back down. So it keeps me in check. I think that's where like a game can find a good balance to be like, oh, here, you know. You can get get confident, but if you get cocky, you'll get kicked. I think that's probably where, like, in maybe in the case of Diablo three, they didn't have anything like that. You could be cocky, and you wouldn't be punished because it's it's easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe Doom twenty sixteen, you can be cocky. There's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of um, but it's designed that way, so it's still a fun game. I'm not saying it's not a fun game, Justin. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think. Saying it's not saying saying it's a hard game, I think is. Going... If it it can be because there's, be. there's okay okay so there's one there's two more difficulty levels above hard. Oh, there is. Yes. In Bioshock. No, no. It's, um, Doom. Oh. It goes. I'm I'm too young to die, which is the easy mode. Hurt me plenty. Normal. Uh, ultra violence, which is hard. Yeah. Nightmare, which is really hard, and ultra nightmare, which is really really hard. <laughs> So they, they there's more scaling or I guess diversity amongst the difficulty for that game, um, 
Ultra Nightmare, the hardest one is a, also a permadeath one. Oh. So that makes it even harder. But that's like that's that's a, a player chosen right difficulty barrier that, that you're imposing on yourself. But but um what I was getting at is that Sorry to cut you off. No, before. no, no, it's fine. Is that making you when you play feel like you're doing like genuinely powerful or or strengthful things like you're in doom you're punching through people's heads you're ripping them in half you're causing them to explode in several million bits you're tearing off like parts of their body like it's it's very visceral and all the animation and the movement and the camera work all go feed into that and feeling like everything has such impact and that is i think a big part of making you feel powerful it's not just from like a mechanical perspective that i have this gun that gun and the other gun um and then i can cast this spell that spell and the other spell but how it feels i guess subjectively like the way visually audio uh audially animation audio wise like all, all that stuff audio visual <laughs> yeah yeah audio all the audio is a word audio-ly. thank you very much is yeah, it actually audio-ly? audio is a word no you said audio lee okay hold on audio Lee. Audio, audio is a bird. Yeah, is, but is a you word. said audio Lee. Well, you can add you can't a wider word. That yes, you can. Adjective. <laughs> you fucking can. <laughs> That's an adverb or something. Oh. I, don't know. I don't know anyway. the different versions of it, but audio is a word. So that actually kind of makes me think of Destiny. Like, mm. I hate Destiny, but I fucking love it. Because you f- f- I feel so fucking awesome. Your lips <laughs> just were like. Heal. <laughs> like no, retract. but like <laughs> whenever I play a Titan, especially like the Sunbreaker Titan, I love playing a Crayon Eater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop my statement. No, no. <laughs> whenever I play as either the Sunbreaker or a uh, Shield, the Shield Titan, the the Void one, I forget what it was called, but um, Void Walker. No, that's the warlock. Oh, that's the warlock, yeah. But, like, well, I'm going to stick with the Sunbreaker for now. But you call in your super, <laughs> you feel that. Like, you hear that, you feel that, and you're like, oh, shit's going to die. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can see where you're getting at. Even though, it like, you play the fucking, if you play, like, PvP, as an mm-hmm. example, you get, like, cocky. Like, you still feel powerful as fuck, but you'll get your shit fucked up. That's it's like a game it's that, that does intense, it well. Yeah. It's that intense dopamine rush yeah. that you get when 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 you use your super when abilities. It feels it feels good. Like a car can be fast, but it can feel like shit to drive. Yeah, like and it's not so enjoyable. It's, it's like it's like you drive an old Miata, right? Okay. A 2001 Miata. I have a Miata. Yes. You, you drive a 2001. It's a 2000. Miata. Actually, it's an MB1. It's what an MB1. Okay, so so your Miata feels fucking fantastic to drive. But it can only go like sixty. It's, it's actually really it's it's right on par with the Elantra and acceleration. What the hell does um? What does Will Smith say in uh, fucking Men in Black? Old and busted, new hot. New hot. <laughs> yeah, that's a car that feels is not fast, but not it's not fast, fast in an objective sense. But it it has it evokes such a feeling because it has great dynamics. It has great feedback. Like I the the vibrations I feel the the mechanical inputs the and vi- all that. The the seriously, the the when I accelerate, I can see the whole transmission moving. <laughs> I can the see. 
it's like I sent Justin a GIF or a TikTok earlier, and it was of a guy revving his engine, and he didn't have like engine mounts on it. So oh. like... <laughs> but yes, feel feel yeah. I think is is a huge, if not the biggest part of making you feel powerful. Like city skylines, I don't feel powerful because I could create a whole fucking city like God. But you do, and you can destroy it with meteors. <laughs> That's cool though. That's it like a cool, cool effect. Whole game Not is just awesome. Like, Everybody needs gone. to play that. Don't play Outer Wilds. I said the thing. I said the game. Yeah, and you know the context you said it in by saying don't play it. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna disconnect your no. microphone. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. let me ask you then: Is is playing? Can you classify a game like City Skyline, since the Sim, Sim City, as like a sense of power? I mean, technically, I guess yeah. You it's, could. It's... I mean, like once, once, once you have it, you know, once your everything is built, you can kind of like play God, and like say, oh, "I'm gonna destroy all the children's hospitals." We don't need you them. Could... <laughs> you like you could you do the, that. Put the baby in the oven. You know, you command the. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's how you define what feels powerful or what you think is is powerful experience um for me i don't think it would make me feel powerful for me it'd be like i get to express my creativity and i like doing that in a lot of games but powerful not necessarily i mentioned before creative mode in minecraft you can destroy and create literally anything yeah do i feel powerful no i'm i'm a walking cereal box that goes cereal box because he's so blocky he's oh. like the cereal box with like ritz cracker and stumps sleeves for arms those are two oh, round sorry i'm oh, sorry um saltine cracker sleeves club for crackers arms. club, club okay, those are rectangles though that or would be like the slit. steve no 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 he's squ- his arms are square this the the no. alex has the slender arms yeah his whole so body just... is a is a rectangle what are you retarded? No, no, no. The literally the so the two character models, Steve and Alex. Yeah, but neither of them are round. No, I wasn't saying round. I'm saying um the the what he crackers to, did you he just He meant spend? to say oblate spheroid. <laughs> what which crackers did you just mention? Club crackers. Club crackers. They're rectangular, they're yes. not square. Yeah. The saltines are square. Well, yeah, Steve's the... arms are, oh. squ- are are like squared okay. and long. I get what you're Alex's going for. Alex's arms are rectangular. Yeah, that was like that long. was like two cules of like <laughs> abstraction, abstraction away from what Brian's was, used to. Yeah, it was a little specific and stupid. Then Moving no. on, <laughs> you fall down the ditch no, and climb saw, back up. No, wait. Before we get out of the ditch, <laughs> I saw a meme. Before we get out of the ditch, I saw a meme the other day, right? And it was like a very specific meme. Like it was something that related to like four people. On like Earth, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I still laughed at it, <laughs> and it didn't relate to me. And then someone commented that exact thing: like memes are getting so specific that they're only meant to apply to like one person, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> and it's like we're not doing anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking true, though. <sighs> but let's get, uh, we'll climb out of the ditch now. Yeah, put the shovel down. <laughs> um, Go get the rope. But before, um, before we stray any further away, <laughs> um, I will say Diablo 2 uh, Resurrected was the first time I actually beat the main story of Diablo 2. I really? never beat it. Yeah, no, I never beat it when I was a kid because I fucking sucked at video games. 
I, I still arguably do. still do, but now I at least have three or four more brain cells to rub together to kind of problem solve. Um, no, <laughs> um, when I, it, this was the first time that I was able to experience the harder difficulties, like hmm. nightmare and hell. Um, and I was worried because by the time you get to the end of the game, you're feeling pretty powerful. You're like roughly level 33, 35, somewhere in that range. Um, and you know, if you were to go back to act one on the normal difficulty, you steamroll everything. And I was kind of worried, like when I started nightmare that that would still kind of happen. I'd be fairly powerful in the early starting area. <laughs> um... <laughs> No. <laughs> when I tell you, I lost 75% of my health to a fucking quill rat in one hit. I was like, oh no. This fucking game is about to kick my ass. See, I like that personally. I do too. Now, a game that kind of fails with this, where you start at the next difficulty... New Game Plus, New Game Plus 2, Elden Ring, actually. Because in El Elden Ring was, is obviously a special case because it was such a w interesting power, like, scaling. Because power, power scaling is hard to do, especially in an open world game. That game is, like, very quite um, linear, where it doesn't feel, like, exponential. Like, you go back to, like, a beginning area and you could just walk everything. Yeah, and that's a lot of the From Software games. Um, but it, it's much more notice. It's it's much harder. It's much less noticeable in Elden Ring. What like I got to New Game Plus as an example after beating the game on my first try, and I I was like, I I this is just not enjoyable. So I I ended up just making a second character to go through the game again because I wanted to play the game a second time, but I just felt too powerful on my first character mm -hmm. going through New Game Plus. Whereas in the older uh, other From Software games, so like Sekiro as an example, when I played that game for the second time, um, I'm on my third playthrough of it now, but on, my, on the second playthrough, I did it on New Game Plus with like the extra difficulties added on top of it. And I just kept getting fucked because they changed the mechanics a little bit. Obviously, everything has more health and everything. Blah, blah, blah. You keep all your old abilities, so you have all of your powers and everything still, but the enemies are just tougher. They hit harder. They hit through your block, and and they have more health, obviously. So I felt that did it well, but Elden Ring didn't really do it well, but like I said, it's kind of hard to do that in an open-world setting. So I'm glad to hear that Diablo, yeah, Diablo two, does not have that issue. That's what it does. It, it 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 makes you feel powerful. Once once you've earned it, it lets you feel powerful, and then as soon as it's time for that to stop, it rips it away. Yeah, and that's what allows the game to maintain that darker, more brooding atmosphere, that impending, that sense of impending doom, right? Because it would feel silly if you know you started nightmare. And you're in this, right, Act 1 starts in this kind of like makeshift camp where they've built, you know, walls out of tree tree logs. Like it's very, like you can tell they put it together in a hurry because they needed a place to find shelter because the, the wilderness is overrun with evil. Mm -hmm. And it would feel silly if, you know, the game was trying to be like, oh my God, we're in a really bad spot here. We need help. And then you just walked outside and just 
demolished everything, it wouldn't fit. So the fact that the game rips the power fantasy away from you is what allows the game to maintain that. Diablo 3, I, I think one of the biggest issues is they they got rid of the the potions, right? So Diablo 1 and 2, you have your, your, your health, health and, and your potions. mana, right? You have the potions that you have to manage because... Yes, you can get artificial health recovery from like your gear and certain spells, but it's never fast enough to really save you from anything if you're really in a pinch, right? It's it's more it'll save you from using a potion if you if you've already kind of cleared a room, you can kind of just give yourself a minute to breathe and your health will regenerate. It's not fast enough to actually save your life unless you're a paladin. Unless you're a paladin. <laughs> and even then, no. But Diablo 3, the amount of health regen you get from certain gear items... I did notice that a lot. ...is ridiculous how fast your health actually regenerates. You there's there's They got rid of the potion system, sort of. You still have potions, but instead of actually managing a set amount of them, you have it's on a cooldown timer. Right. So you can only use yeah. one every, I don't know, minute, minute or, or so, something like that. I went through the entire game without even touching the button. I think because I never I played as a monk in uh, Diablo three. Okay. I never finished the game though because it I I just it never kept me engaged as much as Diablo two did. Mm-hmm. But um, I did notice how like I even said it out loud at one point. I'm like, God damn, why am I able to? Am I just this good? Like, how am I able to recover? Gen so much fucking health. The monk is kind of like the paladin in that sense. Yeah. He has all the auras that allow him to heal and all that stuff, but. But I think the reason it didn't keep you as engaged is because of the power fantasy. Yeah. Right? And it's not to say that it's it's a bad thing. It's just not for me. It's not as engaging in a in um the game doesn't feel like as big of a threat. You feel right. like you can kind of turn your brain off a little bit. You don't have to because, think about, you have to think as strategizing. Right. But. You don't have to think like two steps ahead to be like, am I going to survive this encounter if I barge into this room like Jack does in D and D? Uh, <laughs> or in Minecraft, right? Like Diablo Two. Listen, it's on, very easy to get killed this, if you run into a room that you're not ready for. On this new Minecraft world that we started, I've only died once. Okay, good. Believe it or not, good. Nice. Don't but let it happen again. Don't you know go what? four thousand blocks and not like store your shit somewhere. I was six thousand blocks away because I went through the Nether. I know. Well, actually, I guess what's the hypotenuse of six thousand? Just uh, straight up. No, I'm just wait. Let's do the math. Six thousand. Hold on, we're doing the math because I was I was six thousand east and sixteen hundred north, right? So math is gonna come in handy one for one fucking point in my life. What's so, thirty-seven? Uh, the square root of thirty-seven add three zeros. What? <laughs> no, it's it's uh six thousand squared. All right, while Jack's doing this calculation. Plus, um, I will say, uh, like five One. minutes ago, my foot started cramping up like so bad, like I almost like cried. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. "Oh my god, oh, Jesus!" It's gonna be six thousand eighty-two. I just did my method. Why are we doing this? No, six thousand two hundred. Six? No. Yes, I I did I did a squared plus b squared equals c squared. Find out. Yeah, did you did you did you um <laughs> did you did you salt it? <laughs> did you square the vertices? 
I don't know what a vertice is. <laughs> anyway, so I was 60. Vertices, six, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was 6,200 blocks away from home because I came, I was in the nether. I was very far away from home. And I'm like, my entire inventory is full. I have a diamond. I have like a thousand, not a thousand, like a hundred gold. I had so much shit. I got a diamond pick, a diamond shovel. I got all this shit. And I'm like, I got to get home. So I just built the nether portal. So I got to the surface. I didn't realize how far out I actually was. I'm like, oh, pretty far away. So I spent about an hour just running back. <laughs> how powerful did that make you feel? I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> and phantoms. And... Oh, Lord. But Justin. Yeah. What 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 comes to your mind when, when thinking of a power fantasy? Like, are you thinking of, like, thick thighs saving lives, or? This is a nice blanket back here. Uh, I think of Titanfall, because oh. that's that's the game I played the most out of anything you guys have talked about. What a great game. That's a fantastic um, game. Well, yeah, Titanfall 2. It's a game that feels, oh, yeah. feels, it feels, it. I feel... I feel so good playing that game. <laughs> it feels so good really to play that game. Feel like Batman. Yeah, I'd like that is the game that evokes such a, su- a a subjective joy out of me when I play that game. It, the you also play Tone, you piece of shit. No, I don't play. You play Tone. Piece no, of I shit. don't. I play Scorch. I play uh, Legion. Mm. Oh right, yeah, oh, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you're literally the only person in the whole entire community that has an issue with Legion. I, well, I learned how to kill him, so I, I'm satisfied. Yeah, right. I did. I play Ion. Yeah. Because I'm a fucking shitter. I guess I really got to keep my eye on you. <laughs> Listen, as long as you're not playing Tone, I respect you. Just let people play whatever the fuck they want. They can play bro. anything they want except Tone. You know what? You can play anything you want except Titanfall. So go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> the servers are dead. <laughs> Wait, are they really I don't Titanfall too? I don't want to talk about it. Ah, uh, basically. I don't want to talk about I mean, it. it. No, it like massive DDoS attacks oh, for months on yeah. end and shit. It's really deplorable. Um, well, I just. Um, no, but that's a, that. The, that is a game that evokes like that power fantasy kind of thing. You, you're calling down a huge fucking mecha titan. Yeah, and you flip and, off and, the roof with a yeah, exaggerated and you're, and you're swagger like, of a black team. Jumping off the walls and. It, what? The exaggerated swagger of a black teen. It has a little something for everyone. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Okay, that, that feels better now. <laughs> um, and a lot of the animation work, the camera work, combined with... Um, the way you interact with the world, like how you move through the world, doesn't feel stiff or janky. You're, it's very fluid. You have absolute control over your character, over your person in the game. Um, and it, you just feels bad at. How can you not feel bad at getting into a giant mech and stomping on shit and crushing stuff and driving your gun through another mech when it's about to be killed? 
putting it up in the air and shooting through it. Like it's everything. Incredible. It's it's so much icing on the cake. The cake is just icing. I almost it's feel, just icing. I almost feel like more of a badass when I'm not in the Titan. Yeah, like if you can when rodeo a Titan, Titan, take him down or like jumping around. Yeah, that's that's another thing. You, if you can, as a pilot, like you're jumping around through the map and you're without your Titan trying to take down a Titan just as a human, That that also is an extremely satisfying feeling to be able to if you can actually do that like i am you can't even defeat me in in your 40 foot tall mech go yeah. fuck yourself i used to love i always played with the grapple hook that like all of my classes had the grapple hook i didn't want to play any of the other classes <laughs> um but the the grapple in conjunction with the thrusters or the boosters or whatever um you could pull off some really crazy stunts and like really awesome parkour and it just felt so fucking cool when you could like slingshot yourself around the map, around a corner, through a doorway, slide and shoot somebody in the face. It was like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that good. game is like nothing else I've ever played before or Still, will probably ever play again. Whenever Titanfall 3 comes out, which is probably after I have kids. I actually just read that um, <laughs> I will be there sorry. is a new single player game coming out from Respawn based in the... Not the Titanfall universe, the Apex Legends universe. Oh, now Which is it's the, the Apex Legends yeah, universe. Because, Titan, because Respawn, Respawn is killing Titanfall day after day. And they killing, it's more like letting it die. They just don't care. Yeah. They're not intentionally like... They, they made the best fucking game in the history of games, and they're just letting it die. I mean... They you gotta go acquired. where the money goes. I, mean, I get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were acquired by EA. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's and, important you know what? to state. What else is important to fucking state was... Oh my goodness. I have gas. <laughs> I think it's a good time to take a break. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. <laughs> the other side of that bad opinion. Here's a Here's a word from our sponsor. Who hopefully still sponsors us. Yeah. Imagine it's like EA. (laughs) Go. Goodbye. We going. So, yeah. And we're live. (laughs) You were saying? I don't fucking know. Okay, well, that's okay. So, we've been talking about power fantasies. I thought I had about them in regards to video games. While we were discussing was how some games and game franchises or series use, I guess, giving players a greater sense of power fantasy as a way to entice people to play the game or to continue to come back to their games or game series. Um a game that I think is a good example of that, and there's there's quite a few, is uh, the Saints Row series of games. They started out sort of in the vein of Grand Theft Auto. Um, and then from, I believe it was Saints Row, say, 3 and on, they became their premises, the, the powers of the players, and the general world became more and more outlandish and gave the players more and more... That. 
insane abilities. You're more or less like a god in the later games. The I only think one you I, are. The only one I've played is four, and that was where you like became a superhero. Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous. It's, it's but it was it, a lot of fun. But I think that exemplifies that sort of power fantasy, that creeping power fantasy that it yeah, just it it's gives you more addictive. and more. Yeah, it's very highly addictive. I think you can. There are thing. There are what I would see as limitations to that, in that you can only do that to an extent or artificially unless you also continue to introduce more game mechanics or uh, more in-depth like story world like other things to complement that you can't just keep giving a player more to incentivize them to play without making it also interesting or or uh, enticing in some way like it's not just i can do everything but how does it feel to do everything and what are the other what are the other the context around it um a lot of other games. GTA, I think, is a lesser example of that, but has become I see becoming that in a way. Like Grand Theft Auto Online, the there are more really like the weapons and vehicles and stuff you can get have become gone from regular cars, supercars and stuff to like flying bikes and shit with like jet engines strapped to them and yeah like um it's gotten this almost like alien speed racer that speed racer car yeah it's it just becomes more and more and more and more out there and is that a good thing or a bad thing i don't know i think it's a it gets to a point where there's either diminishing returns or it starts detracting and i think it depends on the game i think a good example of it detracting from the value of the game is world of warcraft Okay. Um, in World of Warcraft, uh, like the story that started before World of Warcraft, like was officially a game in the Warcraft series. Um, pretty much, it was supposed to end in Legion, the Legion expansion of World of Warcraft, which was like I think six years ago at this point, and you were pretty much killing God at that point. Yeah. And that was going to be, like, the end. That was, like, the max power that you can get. And then Battle for Azeroth came out. And it's like, oh, no. Uh, we killed God. But, supposedly, now, our planet is dying. And we have to get even more powerful to save the planet. Really? That, that requires and more then, power than God? And then... <laughs> and then the next one came out. And, no... Sylvanas Windrunner is being is being controlled by an even more powerful god. The power creep, yeah. And the power creep just got so much worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And it just it just felt like every threat that came about was just it was just poor writing from the developers. Like the current developers over at Blizzard taking uh, the reins at World of Warcraft, they're like they're shit. Like I could make a better game. Like no offense to the the industry as a whole like i cannot call myself a game developer but the job that they are doing is just horrible when it comes to storytelling i think a byproduct of that is it it tends to it can taint your view of like the previous parts of the game or the previous expansions or previous games in the series um and and they're probably right but Mm. at the same time like there's there's a point where you have to say like you can't just say here's a bad guy here's the enemy you kill him good job oh wait there's another enemy that was really controlling him or Mm -hmm. her you have to fight him now oh but wait while you were doing that there's this other guy that came out of nowhere like there's no build up and it's just like 
you you kill the threat there's just a new one right around the corner mm-hmm. and there's it can make it feel like insignificant exactly. like like what like what i did was only oh it was just like a small grain of sand in the vast fucking ocean that are now inhabiting all these gods and extraterrestrial threats that are getting ever more powerful and they'll soon be insignificant to something else right. that's even bigger yeah and it's so like, i think it's just poor design at that point you I, lose like a, a frame of reference yeah I, I think that's the problem with like power fantasies as a whole because like by design by nature they are inherently fun i'm not trying to detract from the the fun that can actually be had in a lot of these games um, but like particularly with Grand Theft Auto, it, it it's more like a function of like who who asked for this? <laughs> like like it you're muddying the 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 vision of the game. Like it's turning into something that it wasn't. It's almost kind of like an extension of the conversation we had last time about you know player customization. It's like where's oh, all with this your, with your bed where's takes? all this fucking where's all this fucking stuff coming from like who asked for the flying motorcycle who asked right. for the the fucking you know the underwater uh car granted these things are cool they're fun i'm not gonna say like, like i i fucking use them all the time but at the same time it's like what fucking game am i playing anymore yeah. <laughs> like what is going on right it's now? also you know how how do you continue to wow the the players or the people that you want to be your player base without just upping like the ante or upping the capability or the the power that that you grant them like there there are ways of doing it without just straight up doing that and there are ways of doing that good and there are ways of doing that bad but even the player base themselves like almost unanimously hates the motorbike the flying motorbike because <laughs> it, it it fucking breaks the game it really does break the game um I would argue but, a but lot look at, breaks that game. But look at some of the more recent content updates, like the one with the car meets. I haven't played that Grand Theft Auto in years. I don't know if you've played that one, but the, one of the more recent content updates was the, um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the one where they introduced like the car meets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the fairly more grounded Ground. kind of content updates. Things that, oh my God, in a game called Grand Theft Auto has something to do with fucking cars. That's another like, thing. That's also another thing, yeah. Grand Theft Auto was supposed to be about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, like it's, stealing cars. Like, was the the base premise of the original games, and it well, to be honest, I became love, more than that. I love the heists in yeah. um, in Grand Theft Auto V. I like that they took that direction with it. And, and the first set of heist updates, I had a lot of fun with. And then the next one they up, they added was the doomsday heist where you're like they added jetpacks and lasers and you're saving the fucking planet it's like wait how did we go from robbing banks to saving the fucking yeah. world what game am i playing it's i want to rob like the bank of the world not save the world <laughs> yeah. justin there is such a thing as called the world bank you know wait, that really? right yeah no, you're it's fucking with that, me right now no i swear to god well do they have like First, a lot of research organization from the un that sounds scary and ominous well, there's also the World Economic Forum, but that's a different discussion. There's also the day. first World Bank in Payday 1. Does the Illuminati have a bank? Probably. You know, I, was playing cards against, I was playing Cards Against Humanity today, um, and w- one of the cards was like, um, it was, uh, oh, blank uh, Investor's Bank, the official bank of blank, and... Some of the cards that came up were hysterical, but the last one, and I was the judge, so I chose, it was like, oh, 
the bank of the gays, <laughs> <laughs> the the bank of the Illuminati, <laughs> the official bank. So it just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah. But I think, One like of the you banks said before, of all time. like you said before, Justin, you you lose a frame of reference, and I think that's where you can start to taint a game. I I don't think. That's where I partially... Oh, shit. I just hit the mic. All good. That's where I partially agree with you in our last episode of, like, the player customization, the cat ears, and the the fractured event uh, right. from, from Halo. But only to a certain extent. I think in, in regards to aesthetics, it's less important. But when it comes to the actual, like, gameplay and the in actual... The world and all that. Like, your, your justification for what you're actually doing, I think that's when it starts to be like, okay, this is a little much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I definitely agree. It, it, it ultimately, like, you could ignore everything I said in the last episode, but then there's no reason to talk about it. You know, like, like really, the stuff, the points I made were are not like earth shattering. No. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm not no, saying no, like no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying like you're discrediting me. Like I'm literally saying like. It's literally just my opinion. Like it's yeah. literally just me bitching about something that ultimately. Yeah, and it's my matter. it's my opinion that Titanfall that 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 respawn needs to be no, defunded. You need to stop. They they need to be restructured. No, they 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 made my favorite game. Yeah, and 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 for that we don't need to get rid of them, but maybe some corrective actions should be. Don't taken. cry because it's not, 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 maybe not because it happened. We'll leave it. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Guns. We're, we live in America. <laughs> that only supports us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have a can of white phosphorus ready to go. Oh, my Lord. Um, Another game series that has done the power creep in a way or and, and subsequently strayed away from sort of what it originally represented, I think, is Call of Duty. And I, it's almost everybody yeah. has played a Call of Duty game or more than one Call of Duty game and in their lives. I can't say that and I if, have, actually. And really? Wow. <laughs> no. try I would say, oh, it, even, even if you've never played Call of Duty, most people have heard of it. It's Absolutely. one. It's the most popular game, fran- well, one of the most popular game franchises um, and most sold game franchises. Of like the past two percent of people who don't know what it is. Can you explain it? No. Um, if you're listening to a gaming podcast and you don't know Call of Duty... They have good taste. They have good. <laughs> yes, they have. They have very good taste, actually. So thank you. But um, just use Bing and search what it is. Norton Safe Search. <laughs> no, you gotta use. Is it Justin or is it Ask Jeeves? <laughs> use fucking Ask Jeeves. Find out what Call of Duty is. Jeeves, what's Call of Duty? Wait, is Ask Jeeves still a thing? I like, still use... I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave my mind in a state of um um blissful ignorance, and I'll never know. I'll just hope that it is a thing. You know, I still use it. Uh, dial up. No, you don't. Yeah, I, do. I find I find it funny. Your phone has five G. <laughs> you I don't. fucking wing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always laugh when somebody like I, let's say I ask for a client's email and they give me oh it's at aol.com. I always laugh like because it's still around. Obviously, like a client of mine, a twenty-five year old client of mine, twenty-five. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's your email? It's oh, it's Christina at at AOL.com. I'm like, you're 25 years old. Why do you have an AOL? She's, I mean, don't, I don't want to hear it. I have an opt online. Well, that's different. That's old. They don't make the, They don't have that as a domain name that you can like get anymore. Oh wait, we're playing. We're playing Mr. Game Watch up in here. Told you my phone uses dial-up. 
as he plays the dial-up sound <laughs> through Spotify <laughs> over a 5G network. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> It's kind of crazy. We've really about. come like several full circles around. <laughs> it's like we've we've used uh, emoji so much. I think we're back at hieroglyphics. I mean, basically, <laughs> really it's it's like a sub language, right? Yeah, eggplant, water emoji. Yeet, I bet. Let's get this bread fellow. Kids. I like I like the moon face. Stop. Stop. Why did you say it like that? Because that's what the moon face would say. <laughs> that's how it would how it would speak. But Call of Duty. Call of Duty <laughs> so, started. It started out as a game about a war, being a soldier amongst many soldiers in war. <laughs> That's what it was. Like one through three. The moon and, came later. <laughs> and also four, but in a modern setting, modern warfare. Yeah. And they, they from modern warfare two and on, I could say, is, is when you could notice that it became more and more of a power fantasy in that you are more of a lone wolf, you're more of a one-man army or a very, very you know, small. couple, yeah, small group of individuals turning tides of war type of thing, which is much less realistic than the original games in, in a, I guess, a story or world context. Um, but it was, but it's enjoyable, but it's, it, it it's became... much more Hollywood. Yes, yeah, that's a good, it's, it's much more Hollywood-esque, uh, all the way up to Infinite Warfare, where it's Kind of a Titanfall ripoff, and you're, you're jumping around. Yeah, you're in the moon, um, not in the moon, on the moon. <laughs> I'm still trying to process the fact that, like, Jack verbally said, like, in the canon of human history, the moon takes place after Call of Duty. <laughs> no, wait, what? is that canon? I said the moon comes later. Yeah. Are we post moon or free moon? Post Call of Duty. No. Post moon, no. free moon. Post Malone. No, it doesn't come. It doesn't come after Call of Duty. It comes later in Call of Duty's life. You know, Infinite Warfare. So it's Call of Duty, Post Malone, the moon. Sure. The moon formed in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, you guys, you guys know the Flat Earth Society. I think everybody has heard of Flat Earth and probably by an extension can extrapolate what Flat Earth Society I'm is. I'm a tier three so, member. So anyway, the... Um, On the battle pass? There was a Flat Earth... <laughs> there was a tweet by the Flat Earth Society. So someone, like, added them. The Flat Earth Battle Pass. <laughs> the Flattle Pass. The Flattle Pass. <laughs> yes. Continue. Tweet, something about a tweet. So somebody added... Um, the Flat Earth Society on Twitter and they said do you guys believe in the moon is flat and they said no because we have scientific evidence and proof that the, the moon is not flat and it's like it's like what the fuck is wrong with you so wait the moon is round <laughs> see I would think the, not the Earth. that the moon is something that you that you would more like subjectively think is flat because it's face so the, it, the, the rate at which the, it rotates follows its its rate of orbit so it always fit, has the same facing towards the earth so you would think like wow that's just a literal disc orbiting us yeah so why would you say oh that's definitely a sphere but the one i can go a full circle in a straight direction like i can go straight and end up where back where i am is not also a sphere yeah that's crazy isn't it people are weird man 
People are weird. You know what else is That's weird? What happens this podcast. When, like, you don't Let's go. leave your home. So I want to ask in regards to what are some what are some games that completely strip away any power whatsoever? Among Us. Life. Among Us. <laughs> um, no. No, you have power through your words. Among Us Diplomacy. Yidamis an admin. That is a game that is di- that is a game strictly about diplomacy. Democracy is by, by the people. By, by the people. people. But people are retarded. <laughs> Um, um, amnesia that strip away. Amnesia's amnesia. a good choice. That's a good one. Any, I feel like any horror game, or any, any like, any of like the amnesias, the penumbras, the the um, somas and outlasts of the world, where you are defenseless. You could say, um, actually, I think a really good example is um, Resident Evil Four. Yes, uh, I haven't played it extensively, mostly because I abhor the control scheme in that game but i acknowledge that that's the entire point right the whole point is to make you feel um like you don't have an an immense amount of control over your character and what's going on around you um it's very difficult to actually engage in combat with people so the best thing to do is to just avoid combat encounters altogether a little um, more the, the tank and contro- right the tank controls are very difficult like if you're being um surrounded with tank controls it's very difficult to deal with that in an effective manner and it it, it lends a very immense sense of vulnerability that lead, lends um leans into the horror aspect right it strips the power away from you that's that's really what it boils down to that's where horror truly shines when you feel as though see I don't... it doesn't necessarily mean like you can't fight back but the odds are not in your favor if you do right you that's an it's an interesting you concept. have you have combat as an option on the table but it might not be your best option yeah. right there are a lot of games where you just you know doom you just the whole way through the game is to just bash your head against the wall until you fucking kill everything in the room like just keep pressing forward that's all you have to do um wolfenstein was like that a yeah bit. wolfenstein um but really like true fear comes from the unknown like you're alone in the house with this freaky fuck and you don't know what your best option is you really don't know what your best option is do you charge him head on do you hide is hiding even an option? That's where horror comes. If from. I close my eyes, can he still see can me? He still... <laughs> Only if it's alien isolation. <laughs> so, horror is unexpectedness and weakness of player well, combined. Game I'm thinking of. What's that multiplayer horror game? Uh, uh, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Yeah. Now that. That's a game where you feel helpless. But if you're the monster or the whatever you they could feel them. like a god. <laughs> Power, Power dynamics, bro. Silly as Power fuck. Dynamics. <laughs> but but if you as the player overcome the the monster and don't get captured, does that make you feel powerful and no. accomplished? That makes you feel smart 
But well, you know what? Here's here's uh uh to answer your question, evolve. Okay. Because you are powerful humans trying to hunt a monster. For those who don't remember, evolve or, or were just didn't play it or just didn't play I it. I remember it. I don't think I ever. Evolve played was it. supposed to be like a release title for um, Xbox One. Yeah, like that generation. That PS4, generation of consoles, Xbox One. and it was a phenomenal game, but had very poor microtransactions and not a lot of good support. Only a couple maps, a couple monsters. Blah, blah, mm. blah. I I got a lot of fun out of it. You were the monster. You were incredibly powerful. Kind of, but you were still like there was still you were still vulnerable. You were still in vulnerable though. As the hunters, you felt scared, kind of. But if done right, you could be the powerful one. You had a lot of options yeah. to engage, which it's it's like if you're. I'm thinking of in in a game like that, rather than you know just being like a, a brutish individual just beating up the monster, like. I can absolutely, just thinking about it even, feel a sense of, of power in mm -hmm. like coordinating my team, planning a trap there, uh, hooking over there, shooting him in the face, like having um, a flow state going on with my team and and overcoming, even yeah. though I, I am an individual and not powerful enough to like kill this monster, that it feels powerful when you work together. There are other ways to feel powerful yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Dead by Daylight, actually, because I've been sitting here thinking about it, and that game can actually be really scary, um, particularly, like, when you're the last survivor, hmm. and you still have some tasks to finish, like, you you need to sit there and, like, fucking tinker with a generator. The fear comes from the unknown, right? Not knowing, is he on the other side of the map? Is he right around the corner? If he shows up, do I have an exit strategy? Is he fucking with me? Is he already behind me? Has he been watching me this whole time? That's what I do. <laughs> right. And 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 you make what happens safe. is like if you really want to succeed in that game, you need to be thinking like six steps ahead. So you it, need to have like all these different exit strategies planned, but as soon as the guy turns the corner, the panic sets in. And everything that you've just planned goes out the window. It's like when I digging in Minecraft and in the nether and like I accidentally fall like a block for like a split second I'm like oh I'm falling on my death this is the lava. end that's it that's, this is it I just <laughs> yeah. lose everything but you know what uh, I've been seeing a thing go around over the past like couple months um, it was like a thought experiment on some idiot on Twitter it, if you were given a billion dollars right now but there's a snail that knows your location 24 7 it's constantly moving towards you and if it touches you you die do you Whoa. take okay okay do you take it you don't know where the snail starts so it could start at the end of the universe it could start right well next to it's it. on earth it's on earth yeah and, and you it don't moves. but you don't know where but it knows where you are it's constantly coming towards you like scp 096 no and barriers at, no it moves like a, at a snail's pace oh but you don't know where it is. Do I take the million dollars? Do you take the dollars? I think I, statistically speaking, I would because now after I take the the the, the billion dollars or whatever, do does he still come after me? Yeah, yeah. like no, forever. that's like a forever. lifelong thing. Yeah. It's a lifelong. Oh, thing. that's a lifelong. The, that's thing. the crux. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, he just comes after you for like five minutes and then that's it. You get to I dollars. would form an unhealthy 
paranoia and prejudice against all snails I ever encountered. Well, that's it. That's just it, though. Like, you, you don't couldn't, know. You couldn't kill the snails because if you touch the snail, you die. So you what couldn't I, just no, fight them okay. off. Any any snail I, could be the snail. I have a billion dollars. I will hire people to kill all snails within a five mile radius if they enter. You can't. I'm gonna take it. I have I have the knowledge and the financial backing to like mitigate this a, issue. I feel like there's a loophole. Not even. So I mean, you can always. <laughs> it's a thought experiment. No, it's yeah. It kind of gets to that point where it's like the lingering. It's fear. like it, lingering it, exactly fear. The, the lingering fear because it. I let's say, let's say you fly. To, yeah. Let's say you fly away to fucking Barbados and and hang out there for six months. At the end of six months, you don't know where the fucking snail is. Is he on the beach? Could have gotten if a you, drink that's if you, being served to me. They if didn't you know. decided to to bail and you left Barbados and you went to say fucking Virginia. Is he waiting at the airport? Like you don't know. Maybe I, maybe he in the time it took him from go to to go to New York to fucking Barbados, he ended up in Virginia. Like now, you don't know. If the snail was like a legit snail, not like 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 a snail with a ten luck and ten intelligence. Like ten out of ten, I mean. Like, I'm thinking like full out. Um think of a number one to ten. One. <laughs> okay. Continue your thought. <laughs> um then I would absolutely take it. If this, if 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 the snail was like a legit snail, he was stupid like a snail, like snails are, because they're stupid. Then I would take it because like, there's such a low chance of him accidentally touching me. Well, no, but the the snail no, have, the snail is coming towards you. I would have bodyguards at all times, like the president. I'd literally be like the president. Well, yeah, but the presidents the have been assassinated. Yeah, but snails don't snails. can't hold <laughs> rifles. No, I'm just no. I'm just saying, like you could a snail could get through. You it could be like people make mistakes. How would yes. you? How would you feel safe? Well, in the same way that I feel safe now. Every time I get in the car, I could get into a car accident and die. Every time I get on a plane, I could the plane could go down and I could die. If I eat something, it could be like fucking a razor bladed in. I'll cut you, my throat. You There's a risk in, in everything. What's that? So you could have a heart attack in the next five seconds. I could seconds. have a heart know. attack or a random aneurysm or or come up from free diving and just have my blood boil away. I'm going to have a fucking panic attack. <laughs> you, anything could happen. But I think without having done the statistical analysis that I would be okay for the most part with this money. All right. Is. Is it? But no, I, I get the experience. What was the... So where were we... The, the whole point of that, the, the whole the whole point of that, the reference I was trying to get at was the fear, Ryan's fear of the unknown, oh. that constant paranoia, that constant fear yes. that you have no idea if he's behind you, in front of you, next to you. It's the same with like like Slenderman, the original Slenderman. Oh man, that phenomena like ten years ago yeah. at this point. Um, hell, even even some of the um, a lot of the creepy pastas really were were really built off that fear and um. Especially stuff that like preys on like normal circumstance, like just something that's in the dark or in like like closets or like in, in the back of a yard, like things that are that tie into like normal contexts. Yeah, that like um, lingers in you. Vsauce has a very good video about um, like horror and fear. It's called "Why Are Things Creepy," and he he touches on a lot of like unknown and like like hidden natures of things and so on. I recommend the video for anybody who's watching, um, who's listening. But um but yeah, I think when it comes to that that's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. 
there you you have pure intense horror and then on the other end you have the power fantasies you have doom call of duty even you know i have a question would something say like a horror game where you know you're you're stripped of capability and the ability to fight back for the like the majority of the game but then at the end or near the end however the story plays out you gain the ability to then fight back and kill everything or or so- something along those lines where you get the power at the end finally like after after so long of having without it and then getting it at the end as like a satisfying conclusion is that a power fantasy kind of game so. no? i think i think that's just a uh i think that's that's a re- that's not necessarily affecting our innate desire to be powerful i think that's just impacting our desire to get revenge i think those are two completely different or, or, ju- or, justice, or justice or however you want to yeah. label it yeah i think those are completely different because like okay. You, okay you can't say that like the power fantasy that you get in doom is similar to the power fantasy you get in like granted they're completely different games doom and gta you're a powerful fucking thing doing something sick or insane or disgusting. Mm-hmm. But in your example, you're getting revenge or you're getting your justice. There's overlap, though. There I can think, be. There like can the, be. The, the, really, the first three God of War games, I think, would be uh, would represent well, that yes, overlap of yes. getting revenge and also fully leaning into the... That's true, I am actually. powerful. You're, you, the premise is you're basically killing all the Greek... The whole pantheon of gods, so one by one... And you know they all underestimate you or think lesser of you or or see you as as not as an equal, and then you fully prove them wrong, no matter how big or powerful that they are. I, I lo- think that I gotta say I I love the throwback in God of War 2018 that Mimir does. Mimir, he's like when in God of War 2018, you see um, when you're in hell. Oh, when he sees the the figure of his like father, oh, either uh, or, or yeah. oh, when they're fighting, when when uh, Kratos and um, Zeus, like like a go in a ghost form, yeah, are, like fighting, fighting. It's playing out that scene. And then scene. Mimir is like, I can't believe I'm on the fucking hip of the ghost of Sparta, <laughs> and he's like, the ghost of Sparta. He's like, from what I've you know what from what I've heard, you're I could you know I always knew you were Greek, or ever since I met you, I knew you were Greek, and. And like he's saying, oh, you know, from it makes you feel any better from what I've heard, from what it sounds like, they deserved it. I like that callback. That's that's mm-hmm. off topic, but but th- those games are another really big in power fantasy, and the first three kind of represented both in mechanics and story. The twenty eighteen, I think, represents it more in the mechanics, somewhat in the story, but the story much more focuses on like interpersonal connection than yeah. just like uh, a vengefulness. Uh, taking down those who have like crossed you. I think, I would, yeah, I would argue that um, Halo is a power fantasy. Oh, absolutely, I You're would, a super and, and a and a big part of that is not necessarily um, your abilities within the game, because honestly, the things you, that you could do, especially like in the earlier Halo games, is really nothing incredibly out of the ordinary for most first-person shooters. But I think it's the way the game world responds to your presence. <laughs> you the know grunts. what I mean? The grunts. They they, <laughs> oh, they legitimately fear you. The way that the Marines get all giddy and excited whenever you show up, like, no way. A Spartan? We're gonna be alright. Like yeah. just the way the game builds you up to feel like this larger than life 
character. And then you go on Carol legendary and die. Off a stand yeah. And throw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go on legendary and die from a grunt. Yeah. Or jackal. <laughs> jackal. No. But they still. But you still feel that because, like you're saying, this the game world is re- still responding to you in the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that's true. That I never thought of it that way. I just thought of it from a mechanical perspective. But that's cool. Thank you, Brian, for your actually good input for once. You're very welcome. It's not just uh, it's not just the mechanics. It's not just the it's the audibly. the sand and the uh, the the sorry the sound and the audio the uh, la, 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 audio and the, the audio world, and... but like the the connections formed and the social uh, aspect that can like you know make you feel like you're powerful in a way like you know because you're saying like how the how the grunts and how the UNSC soldiers and stuff like say things interact vocally towards you like it's how what they say what they do it's a combination of everything everything i am sweaty it is very hot um one other thing i will say just to kind of circle us back to the beginning um i think the lack of stimuli can also feed into the opposite end of the spectrum um fear helplessness um, I think Diablo 1... What, you mean like ADHD? <laughs> I don't know what HD no. is, but my doctor says I have 80 of them. <laughs> I just hear lack of stimuli. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, literally. Um, no, that's an overabundance of stimuli. No, no that's, that's nothing is enough. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Happy medium. Um, it's not a happy medium. It's a sad medium. No, I'm I'm happy. All I'm the not. Time. I want more of a large fry. <laughs> that was I say. To circle back, Diablo around. One. Yes, okay. Diablo One does a really phenomenal job of setting the atmosphere, um, and that's because there's there's very little cutscene content. There's very little. Um, you know, concept art that that you'll see regarding a lot of the creatures that you you encounter in the labyrinth. So really, um, whenever you come up from the labyrinth and talk to the people in town, they will tell you these grotesque horror stories about these vile creatures that they've encountered in the labyrinth. Um, and it's just so unsettling to hear these stories and not be able to really put a face to things until you actually come face to face with it right. yourself. Um, That's like a step away the from hype, the buildup. The buildup, exactly. It doesn't just force everything down your throat right away, like some of the later games do. You know, in the later games, it's like you see, like Act Three of Diablo Three, you see the boss of that act, like. 35 separate times before you actually fight him. He's just constantly talking and in your face and it's just so over the top. There's no buildup. There's no tension. I feel like the tension comes from withholding a lot of those details and a lot of that information until you actually come face to face with it. Because you have no idea what to expect. I think think that's where, to cut you off, I think that's why from software games can kind of feel like even when people don't like them they still kind of go through them because of that like some of those bosses that you come up against 
you have no idea what the fuck is you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Especially like the main bosses that get talked about in the cutscenes. You don't see them. You just know, you know who fucking uh, like uh, in Dark Souls 3, you know who the five main bosses that you're going to be fighting are. You just you've only seen them like for a second in a cutscene. Then you actually fight them and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? It's mm-hmm. also about like. I guess related to world building, you know, the the consequences and the effects and, and what that character in the story has done or the boss in the story has done, like hearing the horror stories from other char- NPCs in the game or seeing like a city that was laid to waste by them, like seeing what how they've affected the world and not just them yelling in your face like i'm gonna kill you and i'm powerful and this and that it's like you see what they do and not not they don't say what they do that you see what they do right one of one of the most iconic missions from that the first game is the butcher and i feel like pretty scary (laughs) most people that at least know of the diablo franchise know what the butcher is um he is He's not. He's a random quest, but still very iconic. Um, the first time you even approach, you're not even in the labyrinth yet. You walk up to the church, and there's a body laying outside the church. And you talk to him, and he tells you um, that the king's son was kidnapped and taken into the labyrinth. So um, the archbishop, archbishop Lazarus whipped up the townsfolk like into a frenzied mob and led them down into the labyrinth. It was a trap because he's an asshole. Um, <clears throat> and they were all killed by a demon called the Butcher. Um, th- three people escaped. The guy on the ground who is dying. <laughs> um, Farnham, who is driven to drink because of the horrors he witnessed in the labyrinth. And the child, Wirt, who... who lost his leg to the butcher cut off his leg before Griswold was able to save him and pull him out of the labyrinth um yeah so you you talk to a lot of the NPCs in town and you just hear the horrifying stories of like the different accounts from the survivors of whatever went down and you don't see what happened it's all left up to your imagination you just hear like you talk to Farnham and he's crying over his dead friends like he's like trapped in a room with so many bodies so many friends it's 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 like it's chilling um and you don't even get a glimpse of him until you're wandering in the labyrinth you open the door and he goes ah oh, fresh meat and he just charges at you this giant hulking beast with two cleavers comes marching out the door that's the first time you see him it's so iconic in the franchise because it's just it, the game leaves so much up to the imagination until you actually encounter things and that is what makes you feel so helpless because you're you could be overestimating what you're going up against you could be under a lot of times you're underestimating what you're going up against um and that's just not something you see in the later games you really don't uh, Every like Diablo three is feels like such an on rails experience compared to the other games. One because of the lack of randomly generated environments, which is kind of disappointing, honestly, in that game. Um, and two, like every fucking ten minutes, they're stopping the game to like 
do a cutscene or something where they show you the bad guy and what they're doing and they're trying to show you that they're evil. It's not the same. It's not, you don't get that same buildup of internal tension. Dread. Of dread, exactly. Because like in the first one, you're building it up in your mind to be this horrifying experience. Whereas Diablo 3 leaves nothing up to the imagination. Everything is right there in front of you. It's just force-fed to you in a, on a silver platter. You don't get it. And then combine that with the power fantasy of being this walking mammoth of, of a creature that can defeat gods and demons. It's it's not the same. And, and, and unless you really have played both games, I feel like it, it's not going to... What I'm saying is not really going to translate well. You have to play them both to really know what I'm saying. But I, okay. I feel like you know what I'm getting at. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I understand. I get that. Well. I'm just um, hoping that Diablo 4 can strike the balance better. Feeling powerful, really I... but but still um, have, having that... that, uh, that tension through the world buildup of, of how going through um you know again how you describe it is like you're you're looking at all of all of the outcome and result of like these these fucking demons and god and beasts and stuff like ripping through the world and like you're you're seeing that as you come to them rather than just like walking into the room and like and that's the first time that you see right. them or experience them or whatever mm-hmm. or them just telling you hey i did this hey i did that or i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that you just you see it you yeah. experience it showing not telling that's why i think halo Reserve. infinite halo infinite could have used some of that most of it was just oh what was that guy's name oh the pilot no okay well you're gonna have to be more descriptive the of brute. the guy Oh, um, not Atriox. No, I know. Um, oh, oh, oh. oh my God. Esherim. Uh, Esherim. So Esherim just tells you what he does and what yeah. he did. You don't we, see it. You don't thing. see it, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, I can see that. But obviously that. that's a special case because they had a sh- shitty time making that game. But um, I feel like that was telling like, a lot rather right, than rather showing. Than showing. Which I think could have been pretty cool, but we kind of digressed a little bit from power That's fantasies. Okay. Not really, a little bit, That's but okay. we're okay. But are there any closing remarks? Closing remarks. I think well. I don't think it was a digression. If if I could use this as a closing note, I think that it's it's important to understand the dichotomy between the well, two you're using because my you can't word. yes i am using your word i think you, you need can't to draw understand line. one without the other oh absolutely right you can't understand power without the lack of it exactly precisely or at least having a, a um, comparison a line to draw the reference from like you can't just give the, the player everything without saying here are your boundaries or here is someone that can put you in place and in some capacity like so that because <laughs> In a vacuum, I just have all these things. It's like it's meaningless, right? Exactly. You want challenge, you want, or or you know whether that's mechanically or contextually in the story, whatever the case. That's is. where I tend to have a hard time with like the beat 'em up games, like uh, Devil May Cry, Bay- oh, Bayonetta, uh, Dead or Alive. Yeah, because it's like I'm getting all these things, and th- those are not very story focused games. So like Devil May Cry, like I I went into d- the first Devil May Cry game I played was Devil May Cry Five. I know shouldn't be going in five 
five games in, but they had an entire section based on recapping the past four stories. Mm-hmm. I was still so fucking confused. And then the fucking Michael Jackson dance sequence came up. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And then, so it's just, but they're just giving you these powers with no context. And it's like, okay. The problem is that you can't have it both ways. Right. You, and when you try to, it gets ugly. Neither of these things on their own is are, are bad. Honestly, they both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. It's really just whatever um, your intention is. But the problem, I think, specifically with Diablo is they tried to have it both ways. Right? They started off feeling more vulnerable, leaning more into the horror aspects. And then they tried to kind of still have the dark atmosphere, but also give you the power fantasy. And they don't mesh. I, they don't. I think it's just a hard balance to strike. Yeah. Yeah. To, to feel good and feel strong without without an appropriate challenge. How do you, how do you challenge a player and still make them feel strong? D- Division two. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play any of them. Perhaps. Perhaps. I liked Division Two. <laughs> I liked it too. I liked it a lot better than Division One. Yeah. We should play Division Two again soon. I'm. I'm pretty sure there's like a ton of DLC they've added that yeah. we never actually. Played. We never did a raid. <laughs> really? No. At least I never did it. Well, it's been a while since we played. On that note, on that we're going to go play Division 2. I'm and, going to fuck to sleep. I work gonna... in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I hope this was an intriguing conversation. I hope as you always. didn't fall asleep. I, or I, I hope you did. I mean, if it yeah helped you, you know, get I know to sleep. listening to Justin's voice makes me sleepy. <laughs> I also had three shots of whiskey before we started, so. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> It loosens the eyebrows, you know. The eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Good Alrighty, night, everybody. Good night. See you in the next one. Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs>